0: Good morning, good morning, everybody. We're up and running. I'm pretty sure, which is uh, which is great. Hey, good morning. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Almost the end of the fin year, 29th of June. uh, On a terrific Tuesday. Hey, I hope you're all well wherever you are. Uh, Stay safe in the lockdown, the quasi lockdown that's going on right now. Uh, Thoughts are going out to everyone. Listen. Usually we have a few regulars pop by while the old Facebook live is warming up. Regulars like Graham. Good morning, mate. Good to see you and a few others uh, who are usually on first thing, like Arnie, like James, uh, Alison. So welcome and good morning to all the regulars. Great to have you guys on and supporting as always. Fantastic to uh, to have you live in the studio. Ashley, how are you? Good to see you, Facebook user. <laughs> hey, good morning, Sharon. All the way down in Ballina or wherever you're living these days. Hey, Nick. G'day, mate. How are you? So, yeah, thanks for joining us to the regulars. Oh, there's Christopher. Yeah, mate, she's a bit, bit on the gnarly side, the old lockdown. Stay safe. Uh, and anyone who's new, welcome. G'day. Jason Witten's my name. Give us a shout-out in the chat if you're new. If you're popping by, if you're stumbling across us here this morning, Wealth Coffee Chat. Uh, I've been property investing over 20 years, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand over 18 and um, along the way, learn a few things and uh, in the mornings, share a little bit of uh, that, uh, those lessons in a, a chat called the Wealth Coffee Chat, grab us a coffee Around about 8 o'clock each day, uh, we have a bit of a chat. So uh, I get this question all the time, something I wanted to sort of touch base on today. Uh, and it's kind of a bit of a misnomer. I don't, that's probably not even the right word. Um, a bit of a misunderstanding of um, people's fear, people's misunderstanding, uh, a miscommunication about you know, negative cash flow, positive cash flow. Negative gearing, oh, negative gearing is bad. Positive gearing is best. Positive cash flow is best. Like, what? What, what, is, what is this? Uh, and this morning, I wanted to sort of go through and maybe you know land a few things for everyone, and we can talk through um, this world of um, the concept of cash flow and what it means in uh, in. Uh, in different circumstances to different people, all right? So let's have a look at the one that uh, for most of us, 99% of us, is, is one we don't want, right? Is we don't want negative cash flow, okay? Now, what does negative cash flow mean? Negative cash flow means after all your income, so after all your rent comes in, okay, And all your expenses go out, plus any tax back you get, okay, your property is still negative cash flow, okay? Okay, so your rent comes in, you get some dollars, okay, that's positive, the expenses go out, that's negative cash flow, Tax back in is positive because um, for many of us, we get to claim back at the end of the year, preferably as you go, P-A-Y-G, weekly, fortnightly, monthly, the taxes, okay, that's real cash in your pocket, that's real money, and it's still negative cash flow, okay? Now, 99% of people, that is an inappropriate cash position to be in cash position to be in, okay? Now, this one over here, which is positive cash flow, okay? Positive cash flow. This is where the rent comes in, and you guys could probably already guess this one. The rent comes in, the expenses go out, and the expenses means your mortgage, your insurances, your, um, uh, your rates, all of the expenses, okay, plus any tax back um, and it is a positive cash flow, okay? So over this end, rent comes in, that goes out, that comes in and we are cash flow positive. Now, for many of us, we might think this is where we need to be. Um, but there's a sweet spot uh, in here um, as we go, okay? This one with the tax back, you've got to pay some tax because um, you are actually got a net positive cash flow result in your pocket, okay? So there's no um, tax minimization available in the income, your rents and your expenses. Um, you have an over Supply of cash flow, and you've got to pay some tax on that, but it's still positive cash flow, so you've got to pay some tax back, okay? You've got to pay some tax, and that goes out of your pocket, okay? Now, two ends of the spectrum. Neither end of the spectrum is absolutely uh, perfect, right or wrong. It just depends on what do you need in your investment space for um Uh, for your cash flow, okay? And yeah, Bob Bob gave it a bit of a shout out just quickly there. It's hard to get a loan uh, losing money on a deal. You're dead right, Bob. Now, this is uh, some of the challenge right now over in this space. A lot of uneducated investors right now, uneducated investors right now are going and buying properties in places like Sydney, And some places in Melbourne, not not all, but they're buying properties with, let's say, a 4% yield or lower. And by the time you take out all your expenses and those sorts of things, um, and um, you might be buying an older property and you don't get much tax back, that property is negative cash flow. And nine times out of 10, the bank won't even lend you the money, like Bob said. or if they do lend you the money, that's it. You've got one deal, it's negative cash flow out of your pocket and you can't go forward. You can't refinance and go again, okay? So over here, for me, for most of you guys, that's not a great place to be, okay? Not a great place to be, okay? This this sort of space over here. Over here, this is usually in and around uh, 6% or more Um Uh, 6% or more when it comes to the rental yield over in this positive cash flow. The rent covers all the expenses and then some. There's not much in tax back because the the cash flow is um, over and above and you end up with a positive cash flow. Now, the challenge is, gang, for this type of property, you'd think, oh, Jason, why don't we just smash it out with this property Um, because that's where we want to be. This 6 plus percent yield uh, in 99% of cases uh, ends up being a regional a regional location, which uh, I'm not a fan of long term, um, or some sort of quirky weird deal that um, let's say you end up with like a dual income property uh, or an NDIS property or something else, which is awesome for cash flow. But for some of you guys, um, what it would do, it it would reduce your loan-to-value ratio because it's a quirky deal, and you have to put more money into that deal, Uh, and especially if you're in acquisition phase, quirky deals shouldn't be done in the first um, two to four deals because they consume more of your cash flow, okay? Uh, A prime example right now, a good way to do like a NDIS or a dual-income deal, if you're Uh, Got limited uh, income and limited borrowing power is that you do, you know, three or four really good buy and hold, buy well, never sell type of deals. And then let's say that fifth or sixth one, um, as we go, the idea is that um, uh, the idea is you might add that extra cash flow deal in maybe at that fourth or fifth or sixth deal as we go along. Um, Now, This is the process, okay? Um, And Mark's Mark's a big fan of the regional, which is fine. Like some people like the idea of buying cheaper. Uh, Some people like the idea of buying in smaller places. For us, over 20-odd years, we've still got people who owned, at the same time we were purchasing the same price in Sydney, $300,000 in Penrith, um, and they were buying uh, in Tamworth, $300,000. The house in Tamworth is still worth $300,000. Maybe it's gone up to three fifty dollars now. The thing in Penrith is now worth $700,000, $800,000. So economically, the power pushing into, um, uh, into those price points for often, um, uh, often longer term, the economic, um, the economic value can push up. Um, and just be careful to understand what you want long-term as you go along, which is good. Um, And sometimes chasing yield can be a trap. Shay's right. Not always a trap. Certainly, I like good yield, um, yielding properties uh, on the fourth or the fifth or the sixth property, not the first few because um, they they can be problematic when it comes to your borrowing, okay? So um, in the middle, gang, is a bit of a sweet spot for, for most investors in that first one to four properties, one to four properties uh, in your acquisition phase, okay? So it is um, what we what I would say it's neutrally cash flowed, okay? And then it is positively geared, positive cash flow after tax, okay? So what happens is your rent comes in, your expenses go out uh, and you're kind of breaking even, okay, even in, in the cash flow, okay? And then what happens is because most of us, our spare cash flow, our spare, spare servicing, our spare capital is locked up in the taxes we pay in PAYG. We get our tax back. And that turns that property into positive cash flow after tax. Okay. Um, Now it's usually neutral or a little bit, a small bit of positive cash flow um, before expenses or before tax. Okay. So right now, a nice, you know, five hundred to five fifty house in Brisbane will rent for five hundred bucks a week. If you get a three, three, you know, three and a half percent loan or cheaper, that's going to be positive cash flow just a little bit, maybe a grand or two or three thousand dollars per year. And then you get your tax back on that, and then you're going to end up with like seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars of positive cash flow of that property, that extra cash flow uh, in your world. Okay, now let's talk about negative gearing. Okay, now you might hear certain people and the marketplace talk about negative gearing is bad, absolute rot, absolute rubbish. Okay, a negative cash flow property, if you cannot afford it, you go ahead and lose money on purpose to try and get a tax deduction, is stupid. However, negative gearing is a function of our economic system that you can use in thousands of circumstances, not only property, you can negatively gear or claim the tax deductions uh, in a business with depreciation. Negative gearing is going, I have some losses in my investment properties or or my share portfolio or some investment somewhere and I can offset those losses or costs against my personal income uh, as a PAYG individual. Okay, nothing wrong with it. If you're not taking advantage of it, um, I think that's uh, um, silly. You collect the money that you would have paid the government anyway and you put it towards your own wealth and your own future, okay? But don't buy uh, a negatively cash flow property to lose money to get a tax deduction. That's dumb. Buy a good quality property. I prefer brand new. For most people, brand new is better than secondhand because you don't have the money, the budget, nor the inclination to renovate and add value to the property. And if you do, great. Add value and renovation is an excellent strategy. But for most people I meet, they have something else to do with their life. Uh, I don't renovate, I'm, I, I have no interest in renovations. I've done a few, and it's not my cup of tea, but I know a lot of people who it is, um, which is awesome. Buy a good brand new property, buy well never sell, make sure it's positive cash flow after tax. Um, And then you build your portfolio. This level here, which is either regional or quirky properties, dual income, um, NDIS, that sort of stuff, I would add those properties at four and beyond, four maybe to seven uh, in that sort of space when it comes to building your portfolio. So uh, hopefully that makes sense, gang, Um, when it comes to negative gearing, positive cash flow, negative cash flow, all of those sorts of things. Um, and um, um, maybe, you know, you can think about where you sit with your portfolio and your processes when it comes to understanding what um, uh, what type of uh, outcome you're looking for or you need for, for your, your circumstance. So, all right, gang, well, that's about it. Coffee and a chat done and dusted. Alison's going to uh, renovate a PPR one day. Yeah, listen, I think um, renovating your own place Adding value to the PPR, uh, Allison is an uh, absolute uh, golden opportunity to increase your base wealth at some point. So it's not a bad idea, um, and um, that um, um, uh, that's a good that's a good one as well. Um, and yeah, Bob, you're dead right, Bob. You know, it's isn't it funny? Like this is. Um, it's, it's really do your homework, gang, when it comes to this stuff. You know, Bob, um, Bob was saying, you know, he was looking at buying a Bathurst, but it was no different to buying a Wollongong, right? Um, they're, like do a compared to what? Because team, gang, you know, uh, many of these locations you think might be cheaper or better are not any cheaper and not any better and they're further economically away from where you want to be uh, long-term for your buy and hold. Uh, buy well never sell so it's um it's an interesting it's an interesting one um and um thanks for the shout out ashley yeah there's this middle of the road space and over time ashley your when your rents go up you know your rents have only got to got to go up 30 40 50 bucks over the next few years uh, and you're in this positive cash flow space anyway okay um so start out here and it moves into there. happy days you know what i mean um uh, along the way so thanks gang um thanks for the shout out james um thanks sonia and uh thanks my love always for your support <laughs> all right gang that's it i'm just rabbiting on now done and dusted wealth coffee chat uh let's chat tomorrow around about the same time for another wealth coffee chat as always if you've got anything you want me to um you know talk through or do a little uh lesson session on give us a shout out in the chat and uh, we can make sure we keep an eye on that. All right, gang, take care you guys uh, and bye for now, see you tomorrow.